So, retrospectors, what historical events are we ticking off on this week's run of Today in History? Well, Monday is the anniversary of the day Roger first publishes famous thesaurus. Then on Tuesday, we say happy birthday, Mr. Potato Head. On Wednesday, the extraordinary stories of the child soldiers who fought in the American Civil War. On Thursday, how King James changed the word of God. And on Friday, what did spam emails look like in 1978? We discuss this and more on Today in History with the retrospectors. Ten minutes every weekday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the F1 podcast now with fewer chicanes. But more chicanery. And we're going to go slowly through the fast bits. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the F1 podcast that's been missile-free for two weeks now. Actually, sorry, no, that's not true anymore. I had an incident last night, so it's one day. (laughs) Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, who can smell fuel? Sorry, that's me. I had an incident last night. and oh, sorry. I can't smell fuel over all the glue. <laughs> Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the only F1 podcast that can answer the question, what if Carlos Sainz was a podcast? Buenos dias. Ask my cousin. <laughs> Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the F1 podcast that was porpoising before it was cool. When we say porpoising, we mean bouncing up and down <laughs> erratically in quality. <laughs> Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the podcast F1 deserves. I'm Chikarez, and today from the information superhighway, here comes some foul-mouthed, ill-informed opinion about professional athletes, large engineering companies, and why they're all a bunch of wankers. F1 returned to Melbourne after a two-year absence, or three years if you want to count actual races. What followed was a mildly interesting race that confirmed the return of Ferrari's glory days. Who saw that coming? We'll talk about that and much, much more. And who knows, maybe by the end, you'll have learned something. That is all to come. Joining me is a man who is back in the saddle. It is Phil Troman. You got your pony back. (laughs) Yeah, clippity-clop, clippity-clop. No, I cleared my garage. Back on my indoor bicycle. Didn't you tell us this last week? Or am I having no. bad days? No, no, no. He, you are having bad days. No, no, last no, week I on. hadn't cleared the garage. No, no, no. Well, last I had, time I hadn't finished. You'd cleared some of the garage, but yeah. not enough of the garage to ride your bike. Despite exactly. the fact wow. you live in the countryside and there's plenty of places to ride your bike. <laughs> I live in the centre of a town. <laughs> I live literally That's 30 th- seconds walk yeah. from all the shops. It's compared to London or Berlin, admittedly, it's... I've know, got Tempelhofferfeld on my Norfolk. doorstep. I've got the Formula yeah. E in my backyard in a few weeks. I've, Jack, got a, I've, got, I've got not just a Café Rouge, but Café Rouge's Ooh. new, new... It's just called Rouge, and there's only two of them in the country, and one of them's around the corner from my house. Rouge. Get me there now. Anyway, I've got a virtual bike in the garage, and I'm riding it a bit, and I'm rubbish now. Well, so hang on. What's, when you say rubbish, do you mean you're just unfit? Really, really unfit after about 10 weeks of not riding or doing any exercise so I, I jumped on the bike and thought oh i can't do what i used to do and also my bum hurts is this that's a different question is this still <laughs> the like the bike's expensive isn't it no the bike i use on the trainer is not that expensive no it's about five, 600 quid something like that that's quite expensive 
Uh, We've literally had this conversation. We have this conversation every week. Chica, how much did you pay for your bike? (laughs) I paid £250 for my bike from Evans. But that's a London commuting bike, which has a very high chance of being nicked, whereas mine is a sort of not riding a London bike. Would anyone spend their time and effort stealing a 250 quid bike? Yes. No. It's London. They'll nick anything if it's not tied down. No. Yeah, but nobody's, Phil, nobody's nicked my bike. You can't take... Your bike's not going to get nicked because you keep it locked in your garage. <laughs> so you true. might as well get a cheaper one. <laughs> no? Well, no, I've, I've got a, I have got a cheaper one as well and a more expensive one. How much is the more expensive one? Uh, £2,000. <laughs> and that's <laughs> not that expensive. It's not that expensive for a bike. When was the last time you went on the £2,000 one? About seven months ago. Right. I'll tell you what you should do. You should cycle to Rouge with it. <laughs> I could. I'd be there. It's so good. I'd be there before I left. You wouldn't be able to go in there because you'd be so scared someone's going to nick it. You just oh, yeah, stand outside, outside with your you do. Yeah. No, you, I, no, I can't leave it alone. Oi, can I have a croc monsieur? <laughs> <laughs> to go. <laughs> and alongside him is a man who gets into Bergheim whenever he wants. It is Terry Saunders. So for the record, since I've lived in Berlin, I'm two for two in Bergheim. One time getting picked out of the queue to get in ahead of time. And last week, Elon Musk was in Berlin, the grade A <laughs> And... He was refused entry into Berghain, so he may be the richest man in the world, but he can't get into a club like I can. What do you think it is that that lets you in? Talk us through this latest thing. Well, Well, Hank, start with why was Elon Musk refused entry? Because he's a twat. Oh, fair enough. Okay. So, Berghain, we did talk about this before, but I guess you've got baby brain, Chica. No, no. So we've got just, all the new. We've I got know. all the new Drive for Survive listeners as well. So. <laughs> no, no. I just wondered why we were repeating the same stories each week. Whether maybe I was missing something, but no, it's just a complete lack of content. <laughs> where, where were we? <laughs> Baby okay. brain. Fuck God, off. Terry. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was a nice thing. Oh, you're an idiot. Let's, let's give it a name. Off you go. Tell us about your happy, carefree clubbing life, Terry. <laughs> that the two of us can only dream of. Look. I'm sorry I don't have kids, you two. I'm sorry that I'm living the life that you both want to live whilst I'm in my 40s, feeling <laughs> old, <laughs> um, lonely, <laughs> often quite depressed. You're very, but you're so cool. But I can get into Bergheim. <laughs> you can get into Bergheim. And you, and I mean, I'm not saying you're really cool, but you're wearing a hat indoors. Only because my hair's quite fluffy. Because I dye my hair. Because, you know, I'm cool. Um, this hasn't gone well. <laughs> Tell us about Bergheim. What happened? Well, it's notorious. It's hard to get in because the main bouncer, a guy called Sven. Um, oh, even I've heard of him. Sven Quant. Yeah. He basically, you're in the queue and he basically says yes or no if you get in or not. And it's nerve wracking unless you live here and you kind of know the secrets. Um, so that was it. I just don't know. It doesn't feel cool anymore. It just feels like it's a bit. What, you, you don't want to be a member of a club that will have you as a member? Is no, no, no. I just mean, I just mean you're, you're both of you mocking with your families. I just feel a bit sad. <laughs> <laughs> we wouldn't last five minutes in Berkeley. I wouldn't last. Five I wouldn't minutes last five minutes with a kid. <laughs> <laughs> I smell a crossover episode. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to uh, give it a name you... then, and then I thought. <laughs> 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 Let's move swiftly on, Chica, and tell us tell us what's going on with you. So recently, the most exciting thing that's happened is the trusty steed, the Vauxhall Corsa Design, went in for an MOT, and I thought this is not this is not going to pass. 
mainly because of the fact that the it sounds like it's going to break up at any second. It only has one wing mirror. The windscreen Ooh. is broken. Um, <laughs> what else? <laughs> Somebody tried to break into it. <laughs> Nobody wants it. And it's where she uh, keeps her bike. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so went in to be like this won't pass but a lot of stuff needs fixing and um comes out and they say yeah it's passed and the thing they pointed out is incorrect bonnet modification which is the fact that we stuck a fucking massive jaguar on the front as a joke (laughs) okay here comes listeners corner which is now listeners straight but with lots of porpoising after sunday's race literally several of you went to our facebook page and posted your thoughts and here are just a few first up after lots of time to think about it and lots of money spent albert park revealed its new faster sleeker circuit but did anyone notice Stuart Murray said they changed the track in places. Instead of shit and boring, it's now slightly faster, shit and boring. And Tom Murray, no relation, unless he is, says, is it me or did nothing really happen in this race apart from some retirements? Could it be that the cars weren't the problem, but actually it's the circuits they race at? Will Bowen says, why is everyone whining about the race being boring? It's just making sure that all the Europeans getting up extra early to watch the race can catch up on their sleep. I'd have missed it all if it weren't for my son cheering as Verstappen pulled over to the side of the track. And John Celio says, in the words of Douglas Adams, nothing continued to happen. Um, it wasn't a vintage race, but I... Was sort of enjoyed it. It might just be because I'd woken up early and was sat on the sofa and I got a coffee and I was just kind of like, right, this is an event. It's not just a Sunday with the telly on. I'm like, I'm up early. I'm on the sofa. Everyone else is still asleep. I'm going to enjoy this. I entirely agree. Getting up at 6am to watch the Grand Prix made me feel like I was nine years old and I loved it. And I didn't realise how much I'd missed it. Because, do you know what? A Grand Prix that's on at one in the afternoon and... You've got to shut the curtains because the sun's shining through on the screen. It's just not as nice as getting up, you know, making a coffee at six in the morning. You feel like you're doing something with your life. This is a theme yeah. today. Um, <laughs> I was just, it was great. And then, yeah, the race was quite boring. I didn't really notice how the track had changed. It wasn't, I, I, I noticed the fact that there was a chicane less, but it didn't seem to make a huge amount of difference as far as I could tell. And then I found out they'd reprofiled quite a number of the other corners. Mm. And I confess, if they'd not told me, I wouldn't have noticed that at all. Like, I watched an onboard lap and I was like, okay, that's the same, that's the same, that's the same, that's the same. Okay, there used to be a chicane there. That's the same, that's the same. Okay, it's over. But this is kind of what I thought, because it's the one track that I know from computer games, because it always used to be the first race of the season, and I'd do it over-ambitious. I'm going to (laughs) do... A full yes. season and do a two-hour race because I'm yeah. a geek, and then I do that yeah. one. And then I, just I have get never bored. finished a season doing that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I, 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 if there's one track that I know, it's that one. And I kind of watched something on board and went, "Yeah, it looks the same to me." Maybe we just don't know what we're talking yeah. about. There was there was one chicane less where there's the final chicane before they go into the sort of it's not a straight but it's a slight left-hander, and then they go into the big fast chicane. That previous chicane had gone, but it didn't really make a huge amount of difference, and. One of the, uh, I think it was, who was it? It was Tom Murray. One of the many Murrays that wrote in said <clears throat> nothing really happened apart from retirements. And that's sort of true. A couple of crashes as well, in fairness. But the actual racing, like in the previous couple of ra- uh, races, we've had some close stuff and we're like, oh, look, the cars can race with each other. And in fairness, there were a lot of trains where the cars were quite f- close to each other, which is good. 
but there wasn't a huge amount going on. After qualifying, I thought it was going to be quite exciting. Exciting is too strong. It held my interest all the way through because <laughs> there was stuff going on. And I think it just goes to show that to get a good cake, you need all the ingredients, you need the oven at the right temperature, you Aww. need a competent chef, and you need a good recipe. It was, a, it was a classic 2010 to 2020 race. Like, if... <laughs> In those years, that would have been a good race. It was every race in that decade. It was basically fine. Have we been spoiled in the last couple of years, then? Because it does seem like... No. There are a lot of shit races. In the last two years, there are a lot of shit races. Maybe I've just forgotten them. Yeah. Because it it does seem like there are more good races than maybe there had been in the previous... Yeah, let's say up until 2020. Yeah. And if you're new to F1... It hasn't always been like this. Yeah, if you're new to F1, wait until Monaco, because then you'll know <laughs> what wow. a pointless race is. Absolutely. But Melbourne was another disappointing race for Red Bull, which looks to have a fast car that breaks down a lot. Max Verstappen looked set for a solid second-place finish as Leclerc sailed off into the distance, but then there was fluid everywhere, and he had to stop. Paul Johnson asked, who's building the engines for Red Bull powertrains? Is Christian Horner trying to save a few quid by having Jerry build them in their kitchen? Why would she build them in the kitchen, Paul? She could well, build them anywhere. They're not rich enough to have a workshop or anything. Hmm. Tim Renler says, We're seeing Toto Wolf's master plan at work. All the Mercedes Power Unit staff that joined Red Bull last year have created an engine that's as reliable as a chocolate kettle. Coincidence? And Ryan Chapman says, Max has won 100% of the races that he has finished in 2022. Good point. James Nethercote says, I consider myself pretty neutral when it comes to supporting drivers and teams. However, I can't quite explain the unbridled joy I feel whenever Max Verstappen's car grinds to a halt mid-race. Hmm, Red Bull. It's a weird one, isn't it? Because they are, on the balance of the three races so far, almost as fast as Ferrari, but quite unreliable. But what I don't understand is Honda are building the same engine that they built last year, which was a very, very reliable engine. They've checked out, or they've just sabotaged Red Bull. It does. They didn't want to burn the bridges, so they said, yeah, 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 we'll keep held up, but they're just, like, they're just making them really shit because they can't be bothered. It's not their name on it. But also, both, both races, when they've gone, have been apparently different problems, but both fuel problems, which... Yeah. I'm not, a, I'm not an expert, as we've discovered over the years, but for me... Getting fuel from the tank into the car feels like a solved problem. That feels like it's a fairly reliable thing because... Well, maybe there's more to it now. I, I'm, I've am i said this in previous podcasts. I'm not an engineering whiz either. I know it's hard to believe. And I haven't followed it maybe as closely as I should. I assume they're still using hoses. They haven't tried to sort of digitise it or anything like that. <laughs> it's not wireless it's like bra- well, It's like break by wire. There's a, there's a <laughs> yeah, fuel tank. Bluetooth. And when they press the button, there's another fuel tank. And it's the fuel from the other fuel tank... So that it's sure. yeah, it just yeah, it's three D printed now. No, it's wireless. It is Wi Fi. So what they do, they just spray it in the air and hope the car picks it up, which is why Max <laughs> could smell it. It's five G. I mean, I that was know. that was the best. Bit. I mean, for all the kind of high tech Formula One, everything else, just for him going, I can smell fuel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, it's like the good old days. <laughs> it's like the good old days of his dad. You remember when his dad last smelled fuel, and then he went up like a. I mean, Christmas well, tree. I think I think I remember rightly that Nigel Mansell's first Grand Prix win, he had fuel in the cockpit that gave him chemical burns. Oh, is that burns. when he burned his ass? Yeah. I think I recall hearing that, yes. Which, you know... Uh, Classic F1. 
I know they've got reliability. I know they've got to keep the engines for X amount of races and stuff. But I'm getting a bit sick of this. Oh, retire the car, retire the car. It's like, what happened to the, you know, oh, there's some fuel. I can smell fuel, but I'm going to still carry on. Way, you know. That's... Maybe they should, like, give extra points for, for like, every let's say 10 minute period after you've noticed some problem on the telemetry that you can keep going there's mm-hmm. extra points in it so there's an incentive for them to push it as hard as they No because then Red Bull would be oh all my, all, all my lights have gone off on my dashboard yeah. oh no <laughs> oh it says I've got a cracked windscreen <laughs> <laughs> I've only got one memory uh, oh. why does this car say Jaguar <laughs> we're, yeah. we're at Mercedes now <laughs> no Red oh no Red Bull Red Bull were Jaguar weren't they oh that was a better joke Ernst here had a very existential question for us. He said, why is Latifi? I think Latifi's asking that question. Why is Latifi? Why isn't... Just, is that it? Is that your response? Why, why is Latifi? Why isn't Latofu? I'll come back to that. I'll think about that. Okay. Thank you. Thanks for that. In other news, another week, another new race. And rumours are rife as fuck that hot on the heels of F1 heading to Las Vegas next year, there's going to be a return to Kailami in South Africa. It was a mainstay of the F1 calendar back in the day, but there hasn't been a race there since 1993. Still, it looks like F1 is continuing to mix up the return of classic tracks and the introduction of new jazzy ones. And Kailami is apparently being penciled in for a 2024 return, subject to it having an F1 spec upgrade what do you think i I, initially i was like oh cool kyle army's coming back and then i realized that the only thing i can remember about kyle army happened before i was born and it was when tom price hit a marshal killing them both and that's probably not the best thing to remember and they probably won't dwell on it if and when it comes back to the to the calendar i can't quite remember if it was good or not the killing a marshal. No, I don't think that yeah. was good. No, that yeah. was that was bad or not. I mean, okay. the track because ninety three was the last one, and I was still quite young then. I, I remember 12, watching 13. it in ninety three. I, I don't, don't remember that much about it. No, I, th- I think it's one. I mean, yeah, it's fine. It's, I, just, it's quite uppy downy, isn't it? It's quite. There's some fast corners. And, it's a bit interlagos. I think. I mean, that would be good. I can't get excited. And, luck- and luckily for a new race, there's there's no human rights issues with with South Africa. They've sorted everything out now, right? Oh, they're fine. Yeah, yeah. Nelson Mandela and everything. It's fine. Yeah, everyone's you know the the rich poor divide is pretty good now. The race relations are all great. Uh, how have they got the money? Have they got the money? I don't think they've got the money. Isn't Elon Musk South African? Oh, He's there's some buy famous Formula rich one. South Africans. He's not going clubbing. No, He's exactly. He's like, well, I can't get into Burkhine. What else can I do? <laughs> I'll finance a Grand Prix with all the other famous South Africans. Charlize <laughs> Theron. Um, um, Desmond Tutu. I've got bad news about Desmond Tutu. <laughs> he can't okay, dance anyway, anymore. <laughs> moving on. <laughs> Resurrecting the story that must have been doing the rounds for at least a decade. Is Audi coming to F1? Maybe, as usual. But there's been more speculative articles about this than usual lately. So maybe it is actually happening this time. She says wearily. There was a meeting of the Volkswagen Group, which owns Audi and also Porsche and the bigwigs, decided that they would wait until 2026. Technical regulations were finalised before making a decision. They did, however, say that they confirmed plans for a potential Formula One entry of the two group brands. So, yay! Right? Maybe? This is weird. I feel like we've been talking about this since the podcast started. And for newcomers, it's seven years now. 
It's like this this and Raikkonen never leaving. Well, like Raikkonen's left now, so, so maybe go. Audi are going to come in. But what's weird here is they're saying that Audi and Porsche might enter. Yes. It, well, yes, it is a bit. And, so, and you'd think, okay, fine, VW as a whole are going to make an engine and one team they'll slap an Audi name on it and the other team they'll slap a Porsche name on it. But there does seem to be some conjecture that actually maybe they'll do separate things. Which, which seems doesn't seem stupid. Doesn't seem a great business decision. Let's make two shit Formula One engines that will be at the bottom <laughs> of the. Well, grid. from what I read, I say what I understand. From what I read of other people who've done some research, it looks like one of them might actually develop their own engine, and one of them might just slap their name on it in the sort of Tag Heuer style. Um, but I don't know. We'll wait and see. It might not happen. <laughs> We've been saying for a long time, oh, Audi might come to F1, and then they never have. So, And even if they do, it's at least another four years away. So, But isn't one of them going to... This is what I don't get, because I'm very confused, because there's a lot of talk, I think, of Porsche joining forces with Red Bull, or maybe Audi. I forget which one. I'm one of them. And it yeah. would be an Audi, a Red Bull <laughs> so Audi, informed. or Porsche. <laughs> one of the two. All right, it's not Volkswagen. <laughs> But Red Bull have just spent all this money making their own en- starting their own engine company, which is obviously going very well. Wow, they just the old bought Honda. Hondas. Yeah. But does that mean that Porsche are going to buy Honda or buy into Honda's well, old it, engine? Um, it could well be that Audi want to slap their name on the Red Bull powertrain, which is essentially a Honda. I mean, they've done it with teams. Why not do it with engines as well? But this is getting a bit surreal, isn't it? That Honda make an engine, Red Bull then kind of buy their sloppy seconds. And then Porsche come along and go, that's our engine, that is. It's, it's a bit grubby, isn't it? I mean, the worst thing is that, you know, it's it's essentially you've, you've got a, a a Jaguar Honda, which is what Red Bull Red Bull are basically... What was Jaguar before? It was Stuart. Stuart. Stuart is that um, right? Have I got that lineage right? I can't remember. They were t- so it's essentially a, going to be a Stuart Honda. BAR. Except it's actually going to be a... No, that was... BAR was Braun, wasn't it? No, that was which Tyrrell. Which became Mercedes. Oh, I've forgotten. I used to know. Oh, uh, whatever it was. Basically, every team has been another kids. team at some point. Uh, <laughs> engine manufacturers haven't so much followed that line, but there's been a bit of it creeping in. And I, I for one, welcome you know people just taking the same old engine and slapping. Well, no, because then we might as well just have one bloody car manufacturer and one engine. Sure. And they've all got different names. Oh, what's your... Oh, this. we've all got the same engine. Mine's called Harry. Yours is called Michael. I mean, in, on road cars, they do that. Like yeah, the, that's the, shit the as road well. cars you've, <laughs> the, road, <laughs> the road cars, from, especially from the... Well, certainly from the VAG, the Volkswagen group. The, it's the same basic engines, whether you get a Skoda or a but I just, Volkswagen or what have you. It's the same engine. I don't watch they? things like Top Gear very much. But whatever I do, they do things like going, Oh, now the new insert name of car. Oh, it's got the, 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 the rear wing of the... Audi and it's got the, the the front the front fender of the Cadillac and the windscreen from a Vauxhall Corsa and it's just like well who makes cars anymore? It's all modular. It's business savings. Who wants it's modular? Going. Oh, everything's shit. Anyway, roll on twenty twenty six. Yeah, I can't wait. It'll be great. Tell us how wrong we are. You can tweet us at for F1 sake or find us on Facebook where we're for F1 sake or email us at wrong at ff1s.com. Alternatively, though, if you think we are right, then why not buy us a beer? Usually we give you a list of people that have bought us a beer, but producer Matt is on holiday and he has not given us a list of people to read. So- Sorry. We love you all, whoever you are. Thank you. And we'll, we'll, we'll thank you in the future. Yes, we will read you out in the next episode yay thank you 
Thank you very much. if you haven't had your name read out this week, but you did give us some beer, the best way to really thank us is to buy more beer. Yeah. I mean, that guarantees that we'll, we couldn't read your name out twice. Can you imagine that? We will read your name Can out you three times that? if you only donate twice. Let's, it's a three for two offer. No, let's not. Let's three not for two. Donate, buy two we'll beers. Forget. We'll read your name three times. We'll forget and we won't do it. And then people will demand their money back. And we'll have to literally we'll give say, them beer that we've already drunk. It'll be like saying. Throwing piss. No, it'll be like saying. Pint, pint, pint. Thank you, Phil, Phil, Phil. There you go. Done it. Obligation's done. Right. Got you. I mean, okay. Like so if, if that appeals to you. <laughs> Um, then you, what you not? do is, <laughs> wow, if you want to hear more stuff like this, <laughs> then you go to ff1s.com forward slash pint, pint, pint. Teams. Ferrari. I mean, there's only so much entertainment a guy leading in every lap and winning by 20 seconds can provide. What is funny is watching his ego inflate, then hearing him beg to go for the fastest lap while his team tell him, mate, get over yourself. And while Leclerc was on cloud nine, Sainz was deep in the gravel. This was a tale of two drivers, wasn't it? My word. First couple of races, everyone's like, oh, who's going to be quicker? Leclerc or Sainz? Leclerc or Sainz? Leclerc or Sainz? Well, I think mm. we know now. It really is a mind game, isn't it? I mean, let, let, let's be honest. Signs was very unlucky. Well, in qualifying, in a way, yeah. Well, should, should we explain that? Why you explain <laughs> that? Because I don't know what you. <laughs> what? Okay. <laughs> so, Signs was actually looking pretty good through qualifying, but then Q three. So, obviously, in Q three, normally they do their first lap and then they go back and they get new tires or whatever, and then they do another lap. And on his first lap, he was doing a really good lap, and then about. Three metres before he crossed the line, <clears throat> there was a red flag because, I don't know, somebody crashed. It was an Aston Martin. It was probably an Aston Martin. I can't remember. Um, so that's unlucky, and that is unlucky, yeah. and he lost his thing. So, But then, okay. you know, yeah. after that, it was all his fault because he had another chance to set a good lap, and he didn't take it, and he was ninth. And then from then, he was like, oh, shit. I, I can't actually remember. Did they change his strategy based on that? But regardless, he had a terrible start, went all the way backwards, tried far too hard, and crashed. The end. Was it lap two? He was on like the hard tyres. He was going back through the field. Then he, yeah, it was, in, it was Presumably, yeah, struggling to warm up the tyres or something. And then just started to overtake a couple of people. But I think then while overtaking somebody, completely fucked up the corner, messed up, slid around, sideways, got bitched in the gravel. That was the end of that. And that, mm-hmm. you can't really blame that on anyone but him. He's driving the car. It was a bit embarrassing. But then wasn't it... He had a problem in the first race as well. I don't know. It's just, it feels like these are very minor things that have gone wrong for him and it's basically ruined his life. He's now going to be... This is it. I mean, you know, the, the mark of a champion is even when they have a shit race, they still get the most out of it. Well, he he had a couple of little things go slightly... Yeah, it wasn't ideal, him losing his first lap, but there's no need to qualify ninth and then crash on the second lap. That's, that's wow, on him. Wow, harsh. All right, you know, not Someone bad for loves, a number two driver. Someone loves Charles Leclerc. Oh. Charles and Phil. I like winners, tree. Terry. <laughs> well, I've got news for you. <clears throat> I, I think Leclerc's got it. Like we knew he was good when he was in the Sauber. Was he in Sauber? Was I, God, what? I can't yeah, sounds about right. Something. Yeah. Yes. And then in, you know, he won a race, couple of races for Ferrari. He's, he's good. I don't know. It's just. 
he seems like the kind of driver who will maximise. Like, if he gets a chance, you'd probably back him to take it. Is this what Ford One's always been like, though? I think it is. It's just that you get your chance, and then you just win, and it's sure. And yeah. some people get their chance, and they don't take it. You know, I don't want to name Nico Hulkenberg, but you know. <sighs> Yeah, but he's never had a championship winning chance. No, no, but like he's never he's never quite managed to get on the podium. Like, and and there's been several occasions when he should have done. And I, I mean, I'm picking him out of thin air, but there's there's plenty of other drivers who, for whatever reason, okay, they've not had the fastest car, but there's been a chance when they could have done something, and for whatever reason, they haven't done it. Well, Leclerc on those occasions previously has done it. Whenever he's had a bit of a sniff, usually he's he's. He's made the most of it, and he's stolen a couple of wins. He's stolen some podiums, blah blah blah. When the Ferrari was crap, now the Ferrari's good, and now he is looking pretty ominous. I know it's early days, but you know. And when it comes to teammates, Signs had Verstappen at um, Toro Rosso briefly, and got a bit trounced. And then Norris in his rookie year at McLaren, <laughs> who he didn't beat him as well as he should. Mm-hmm. And then there's all this talk about him going. Was he was he at Renault as well? Oh God, I can't remember. Yeah, any he's, jumped, he's been in quite a few teams. He's been in a lot of teams, and, and he's, he's, he's been fine. He's, he's a good driver. He's good. He's a, but he's a very good driver. I put him in the very good tier. But it's telling but that no team has ever gone. He's the one. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, they have, and it. they've let him go quite quick. I don't know. <laughs> it's just. It's maybe a bit premature to say Leclerc is up there with the very very top tier, which let's be honest is Hamilton and. Frost. Um, yes, that's right. Hamilton and Verstappen. And <laughs> may, and may, uh, I was going to say maybe Alonso on pure driving technique, but not in his politics and his general ability to get a good car. So uh, Leclerc might be might be up there. He might be knocking on that door. Science, I think, is one step back. Okay, well, let's talk about Red Bull then. A great weekend for Perez. Verstappen, on the other hand, was in second until he got a fire. Then he got angry, he got out of the car and spent time shouting at the fire marshal how to put a fire out. Yeah. Yeah. So when are Red Bull going to get behind their number one driver and <laughs> give Perez the championship <laughs> challenge he Mexico! <laughs> he was great, wasn't well, he? let's not over-egg the pudding there. I mean, he came second. I thought he was, he was there. I thought he was really good. <laughs> he was there. He was in the second. After he was in the second fastest car, and he was the second fastest driver of the second fastest car. But he was there to pick up the pieces when the first fastest driver uh, caught fire. Mm. Which is in fairness, what a number two driver should be. And if I mean Perez is a number two driver, there's no. I don't think there's any argument about that, is there? Nobody no. thinks. Oh yeah, they're equal. No, of course not. And I doubt even Perez thinks that. He's like, I'm there to support Verstappen, get as many points for the team as I can, and to be yeah, there if something happens to Verstappen and get a podium, which he's done. Well, but what if it becomes like a Mikasalo or like Eddie Irvine year where... Well, know, those two famous drivers who never won a championship. But both nearly won the championship. Yeah, nearly. And that's the difference. Hang on, no, Salo didn't, no, no, Salo nearly won a race, not a championship. Eddie Irvine nearly say, won the championship. Yes, but didn't. Because there was that when he was... Was he teammates with Schumacher at the time? I think he was, wasn't he? Yeah, wasn't it? Wasn't that the year that Schumacher broke his leg? And exactly. The only reason he was nearly there is because he had <laughs> yeah, a very exactly. good car and his teammate wasn't there. Um, but, you know, so it's, a, it's a similar Verstappen's thing. fuel pipe could be Schumacher's leg. <laughs> what is Latifi? There is, there is, I mean, there's so many T-shirts there if we could just get them on the store. <laughs> um... <laughs> Fine, Perez is 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 fine. He's doing 
better than all of Verstappen's other teammates. Put He's together. doing fine. <laughs> well, pretty much. You know, he hasn't spun off or been a billion years behind. He's he he was there to to pick up the podium. I mean, he got the same place as Verstappen was going to because let's face it, the Red Bull was not as quick as the Ferrari, despite Verstappen's best efforts. Um, but yeah, fine. It was fine, and Verstappen was uh, Verstappen was good. But the car is not uh, certainly on this track was nowhere near as fast as the Ferrari. There wasn't much he could do. So they were kind of sat on their own, really, and then unreliable. But I, I was hearing they they have lost a lot of points. Yeah. But we are so early on. We are, but there, there's already a lot of people going, if you look at the history, nobody's... Was it, I can't remember the exact details, but it's something along the lines of nobody has ever overcome a bigger points deficit to the leader than this, or something. Yeah, but there's never been as many races. There, you know, this is a very good point. 400 races. There is. This is a good point. Yeah, this season actually finishes in 2027. We're still in the 1996 season. <laughs> yes. Mercedes. Russell's first podium with Mercedes and the first podium worth mentioning. Hamilton can do anything impressive because he overheated. How do you think Hamilton copes with coming in behind his babyface teammate? Off off of the whole, he's very pleased with him. Like he's so, you know, off of the interview. Well, it was a safety car thing, wasn't yeah. it? I mean, Russell overtook him because of the safety car, so we got lucky. I think that's the only also, reason he was ahead of him. And I think Hamilton would be all right with that. It's just like, yeah, it's unlucky. He was uh-huh. quicker. But also, I don't know. I've just got that feeling that Hamilton's lost his motivation a bit. You reckon? Which is understandable. You know, you win all those championships, you get cheated out of the last championship, and then the next year your car's shit. Come on. I mean, if I was him, I'd go on holiday. I, I think that so, still he rises. Still he rises. I hope he rises. I hope that Mercedes fix their car, and I hope that they... I want a three-team battle. Can, you know... Yeah, mm-hmm. I hope they can do it. Mm-hmm. And it is fucking weird that... Do you know Do you know who's second in the championship right George now? George Russell. Yeah. <laughs> this is it. Mental. Because Mercedes have done have done the opposite of Red Bull. You know, their car is not that great. They'll be very disappointed mm-hmm. with their car. But it's, so far at least, reliable. And they have pretty much got everything out of it that they could get out of it. And so another... Well, I'm also... Well, it's, like, it's like you said just now about the good drivers can get the most out of a bad race. Like, Mercedes somehow... A, a, they're second in the constructors as well, but and they're they're shit. Yeah. So it's like, but they're good. they're there because Red Bull. Let's be honest, have thrown it away, and to a certain yeah. extent, Ferrari have started throwing things away as well. You know, they only got one point. Mercedes were the most successful team at this race in terms of points. They got more points than any other team. They got more points than Ferrari. Got more points than Red Bull. But it makes me think of we all think of last year as being down to the wire and Abu Dhabi and all the rest of it. But if Hamilton. Hadn't pressed the brake magic button on that, was it Azerbaijan, when he fucked up the restart and went out of the race. He'd have been like 25 points better off and he'd have walked it. So it's races like this that could win Mercedes this the championship. They're, they won't, but this could be up results on days when they really shouldn't have done. So, yeah. you know. Because even though Leclerc is looking amazing and Ferrari got the best car, let's not forget, it, we are talking about Ferrari here. This is true. They have a history of uh, plucking defeat from the jaws of... Uh, yeah, well, like the whole thing about him wanting to get the fastest lap and them saying no, even though they then lost the fastest lap and he only did it out of spite. You know, that that's early in the season. The you can lap, imagine... You know, he yeah. did, but only because he did it on the okay. last lap when they told him not to. So they went, no, you're fine, mate. And then he, someone else got it and he went and it for anyway. him with the title by one point. But it's just that thing of going, do you know what? 
I reckon he's going to get more stressed about winning the championship. They're going to get more Italian, and it's just going mm-hmm. to fall apart. And then Mercedes, uh, Red Bull are going to just have they're, they're just going to have different fuel pipes at each race, and they're all going to be wrong. And somehow Mercedes, I think it's going to be like Kaki Rosberg winning. It's going to be like he's not going to win. Hamilton's not going to win a race this year, and somehow I think he's uh, going to win. Mercedes aren't going to win a race. <laughs> they'll yeah. just get a load of seconds and thirds, and they'll win. Um, <laughs> no, it, you know it's true. It's it's that. Um, it's that mentality, isn't it, of getting getting everything out of it whenever you can. And don't think that they are not throwing an awful lot of resources at trying to sort their car out. Ah, but this is... Ah, no, this is what I want to talk about. So, you've got all the wind tunnel caps and everything this year. So there's only a certain amount of wind tunnel runs and hours in the computers. and I don't understand. So there could be a point where Mercedes have got to be careful here because they could throw everything at turning this car around and then not have any updates for the rest of the year, which is... Well, my, my understanding, from again, from what I'm reading, is that they are putting pretty much everything into trying to sort out the porpoising. It's like there's no point in trying to sort out everything else until we fix this because we could do anything else we like to the car, but if it's still porpoising, it's not going to be fast. So I think they're putting all their resources into fixing that and then once they've got that sorted, they'll be like, right, what else can we do? But they have a very long history of, of doing that very well and developing the car very well. But also, Ferrari have benefited the last couple of years from having more wind tunnel time and more CAD time because they were so shit. And Because I think it was based on the championship positions of like two years ago was they, when they did the scale of how many hours each team could have. And that year, like Ferrari were like sixth or something. So Ferrari have just got like all this extra time to design their car. Plus they weren't doing a championship last year. They've just put the factory inside a wind tunnel. But I'm just, I'm a little concerned that is this what's going to happen? It's just that, I mean, maybe it's good to stop years and years of one team being dominant. But is it just whoever finishes sixth is going to win the championship in two years because they've got more time to develop I guess we'll find out. But there, there is a lot more to making a nice car than having wind tunnel type so it's it's one element mm, don't but think so no, no I, I guess it's, it'll be like DRS you know we'll see in a bit of time if it's too effective or not effective enough or if they need to introduce something else but you know guess we'll wait and see McLaren two sets of points everybody's friends again is this season looking more positive for McLaren maybe I don't understand at the first race, Lando Norris was like really downbeat saying, we're fucked, this car's fucked. And then suddenly they're not fucked, sure. But after it's- qualifying, it didn't, seem to be, it didn't seem to look like they knew why they were doing well. Why they were Which the- is always the side of a good car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's Schrodinger's car, it's both brilliant and crap. Mm. Like Ricardo. <laughs> yes, so it would seem. Mm. Uh, it, I mean, they did seem to think that this track, I think, would suit them a little bit better because it's mostly, it's relatively high speed, especially now they've got rid of that extra chicane. Um, and it seems that the McLaren is crap in the slower corners. So <laughs> Monaco's going to go well. Um, but it, it is, it does seem quite dramatic, the difference between like literally them both being last at, in Bahrain, like at one point, and now them being pretty pretty close to best of the rest uh i mean guess make the most of it they both drove pretty well i suppose ricardo's not that yeah. far behind norris leaving aside the fact that you know i think nobody in the early days nobody expected norris to be ahead of ricardo but i think we can all agree that norris is a bit better than ricardo 
And also, I suppose, like McLaren again, you know, they should have finished seventh and eighth if Signs and Verstappen. Had yeah, but this is it. You know, they. So, you it know. looks like they've got the reliability at least. They're the not points. breaking down. Yes. Playing period of two races in the points were over, but things were exciting when Schumacher actually beat Magnussen. How did that make you feel? Uh, ambivalent. Again, I don't know what happened. Like <laughs> Kevin Magnussen was much better than Schumacher. Yeah. I think. I think. Well, Magnussen wasn't very well, was he this weekend? He was feeling a bit sick. I seem to remember. <laughs> and apparently, his neck's giving up. Well, that was last week. I, I mean, he must have a strong neck by now. If, if Surely if you were Magnussen and you'd done that first race and you're like, Jesus Christ, my neck hurts. Surely you'd be like on the phone to your trainer going, right, neck exercises every day. Well, if it was me, okay. I'd probably have a pizza. Sure. Okay, maybe a bad example, but I'm, I'm, sure his, pizza. I'm sure his neck is all right now. But he was a bit under the weather. I don't think he had his best. Re- there was one point where he just basically drove off the track and they said you're right and he came on and said yeah my bad sorry so he was just kind of phoning it in a bit mm-hmm. look i know there's been a pandemic for the last couple of years but i don't remember when i was a kid drivers feeling unwell it was just like <laughs> do you not remember senna Why on the podium that? do you remember senna on the podium having done the whole race in fifth gear or whatever it was and then trying to lift the thing and going, oh, i can't do it because i'm so unfit but that's not him feeling not well that's him kind of he's exerted himself to a point where he's broken that's like it's what the same should thing do. I don't remember them going. Oh, and Ivanka Pedi's got a bit. He's got a bit of hay fever today. And Ooh, oh, Philippe Alio's got a nosebleed. Oh, <laughs> oh Guggenman's got some eczema. Oh, but we're we're going to start so many anyway. T-shirts. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, well done, Schumacher. You beat a fairly average F1 driver for the first time. Aston Martin. Both cars crashed in qualifying. Don't worry, we can save it in the race. Vettel hit the barriers. Stroll weaved around on the straight and got a five-second grid penalty. Whose fault is this? Long COVID or Mike Crack? I beg your pardon? I think Vettel might have got COVID about six years ago. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's the longest of long COVIDs. Um, I mean, what? I mean, there's, there's bad weekends... And then there's this weekend for Aston Martin, which is... They're the only team now without points. Oh, oh my God. Even Haas and Williams have got points. Alfa Romeo have got a good chunk of points. They have been utter shit. Isn't this always what I said would happen when the money came in? They were a team that were really good at running on a low budget... And now it's, the money's gone to the they're, they're all just walking around yeah. with like Ralph Lauren they're shirts. dripping with Prada. Watches. <laughs> yeah. Drunk on diamonds. They're taking their eye off the ball. It's yeah. true. I, I mean... Doing big lines of coke <laughs> on the pit lane. Sure. <laughs> they no, did give us some really some meme moments though, so that's good. There was Vettel on mm-hmm. his scooter when he, you know, came back, crashed. Oh no, wait. So Vettel, uh, sorry, came back. First race of the season for Vettel. Engine failed in FP1. FP3 crashed, rode a scooter back to the... No, he rode a scooter back in FP1, got fined five grand for riding a scooter on a track. But what was wrong with riding the scooter? Not allowed, like well, you're just not scooter. allowed to go on the track. I think it's the same, like, don't go on the track unless it's a session. Oh, so he went on the track? So he, he literally... He didn't, he didn't ride through the little back roads like most of them do when they 
get a ride back on the back of a scooter. He took the scooter himself oh, and I... literally just went on the track and rode around the track to the pit lane. I think that's a fair penalty. I, then I think it, I think you're right. You know, normally I'm like, oh bloody FIA, on, would, would, but it's like, were, no, ca- you were, can't were do the that. cars running? Uh, I don't think so. But it wasn't a time when the track was open. Like nobody should be on the track, and th- that's a fairly yeah. basic safety rule. It's like don't go on the track unless you're supposed to be on the track, especially not on a fucking scooter, especially not wearing a helmet on the top of your head like a fucking baseball cap. Mm. You know, cool as it was, mm. funky as he looked, I was like, yay. <laughs> I mean, it was really cool, but what it would have been better if he had his helmet. Smoking's bad. <laughs> if he if he had his helmet on properly and he was absolutely rinsing it, I'd have been more sympathetic. Like visor down, elbow and knee down around the corners, absolutely giving it some, and then wheelies his way into the pit. I'd be like, yes, that's fine. But anyway, so he did that. What about the poor fuck whose scooter it was? Oh, yeah, he, he stole somebody's scooter, but everybody forgets about, you know, the poor guy who mm. worked several jobs to get that scooter just so he could go and feed his mum. And when we say scooter, are we talking like a kind of Vespery yes. scooter, not one of those fucking you can no, rent not it like and a, leave it in the no, street? No, not like an aggressive paperclip. Because I, I was very drunk one night and I tried to use one of those scooters Ooh. to get home, which one A, of the electric ones. shouldn't do. Oh, yeah. They're good, though, aren't they? I could I couldn't get it to start. I couldn't work it out. <laughs> I was there on the side of the road going, pressing every button, revving it, oh, scooting revving. off. I couldn't, you know, like using the handles to see if there was like a on okay. button or something. I couldn't get it to okay. go. Oh. It was very embarrassing. So I put it back where I found it and then my app said it went, you've been charged 43 <laughs> cents for that journey. <laughs> uh, maybe that happened to Vettel wow. as well. I don't know. Anyway, so he... he Sorry, Carol. He, he got back to the pits on his scooter. He then crashed in FB3, broke his car. And he thought initially he wasn't going to get out for qualifying because Q1 was nearly at an end. They hadn't got his car and they were just like, wow, he's not going to get out. But then Stroll crashed, having also crashed in FP3, you know, because they both crashed. <laughs> the mechanics were very busy during practice. Stroll in Q1 then crashed into Latifi, which brought out a red flag, which ironically, in a sort of Nelson Piquet Jr., Fernando Alonso kind of way, allowed <laughs> allowed Vettel's... Suddenly the mechanics were like, shit, we've got time. We can fix the car. We can fix the car. And they got him out. I mean, he qualified very near the back, but they got him out. And then the race started and, and he crashed. Well, he went off the track first and then he crashed at a place where nobody crashes. And it was just an all-round shambles. Meanwhile, Stroll... In fairness, didn't crash, but did defend like an absolute bell end and got a, um, a five-second penalty on top of his three-place grid penalty for crashing into Latifi. So, who is Lawrence Stroll going to fire next? <laughs> Latifi. It's probably Vettel. I think Vettel's going to go. You've got. I mean, you've I got think... to start questioning Vettel now. I mean, has he? He's a four-time world champion. He's one of the most successful F1 drivers ever, but he has been increasingly abysmal in recent years yeah but no but i think i don't think it's a good comparison with alonso because like alonso has always been a good driver he's just made the worst decisions off of the track mm-hmm. whereas vettel makes the worst decisions on the track vettel's got into ferrari he's got into a rebranded aston martin with a lot of money behind it he's in the right team at the right time you know he challenged for the him title and alonso should, should, should get into a large mac and pretend to be really tall and to be one driver because I think with or like they should Alonso's do they skill. should do like the Jeff Goldblum's the exactly. fly, <laughs> getting to a thing, and there'll be two of them come out. One will be a best driver ever that yeah. makes all the right decisions, and the other will be Lundstrom, Alonso, <laughs> or Vetso. Yeah, no, that, that should be right. if they had if they had Alonso's on track skill and Vettel's diplomacy and mm-hmm. general nice guy persona, they'd be an amazing driver. But unfortunately, no, not so much. 
AlphaTauri. Gasly was unlucky with the safety car pits and Sonoda was useless. Was it his driving or was it his bowels? Both are shit. <sighs> what, was, what was wrong with his bowels? I remember the last one he needed a Sonoda. poo or something or he was feeling ill or something. I can't oh, remember. I thought there was something else that happened with his poo. Yeah, yeah, he, he needed go I mean, poo. Just his poo. <laughs> he's, he's uh, you know, it, this, this was the season where he had to be good because he kept his place and so yeah. far he's not been good. Um, last last race he was unlucky, was the, but the, this race he was just crap. And Gasly was. This is what happened last year. Bahrain, he was really good, and then he was shit all year until the last race. So it looks again, like yeah. Gasly was looking better. I mean, Gasly's pretty. It's Gasly must be one of the most solid drivers on the grid at the moment. But he went down Q two yeah. only because Tsunoda went off the track in front of him and ruined his lap. So great, yeah. Yuki. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it wasn't one of Gasly's great greatest races, but it was fine. Tsunoda was pretty pretty crap. I yep. think there were only two people behind Agreed. him by the end of the race. Lousy. Alpine. This is the third time in a row that Alpine have scored. But was Ocon happy? No, of course he wasn't. He said he thought he could be in the top five. Why is Ocon so ungrateful? And who is he kidding? Me, 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 isn't it with him? Yeah, bloody F1 drivers, always wanting to do well. Uh, well, he got stuck behind Alex Albon, which is a pretty damning indictment. Although Albon did drive well, which we'll get to, but... Uh, what happened to Alonso's hards? <laughs> well, what happened to Alonso's little rubber ring well, as well? Because um, he, oh, yes. according to Alonso, nearly got pole position, uh, which wasn't going to happen, let's yeah. face it. Even David Croft was like, oh, he was going to get pole on that lap. But it's like, have you never watched qualifying before? (laughs) I mean, you know, a top four was maybe on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he would have done very well. But then his car broke. His car broke. And he went into the wall. But then you've got to think, did his car break? You just get the impression that Alonso breaks things. So you just get the impression he was driving it too hard. (laughs) He was driving it too well, Terry. Like, I was always, as a kid, okay, as kids, you two, seen as you were you've now got kids and waiting for kids were you careful with your toys or did you break your toys Smashed them. Okay. i don't know i probably was not that careful you, you lost it yeah. yeah. uh, <laughs> i don't, don't remember <laughs> didn't we didn't have we didn't toys have <laughs> why why do we have to bring this up yes <laughs> well i was always very careful with my toys and i'm still careful with things now i rarely break things oh, good. i never smash a phone screen I never lose my keys. I'm breaking stuff now. Um, I'm not happy. But I think that Alonso drives and he breaks his cars. And I think Ocon drives carefully. and when Except when he's crashing his routine. Okay. Alon- Alonso was looking good for a, a decent result uh, today. But unfortunately, he screwed his tyres right at the end and dropped back. But he was up to fifth at one point in an Alpine. Oh, he could have got he fifth. done. You don't hear him I mean, banging on about yeah, getting fifth, do you? Fifth. I mean, he was 17th in the end, but, you know, could have been fifth. Could have been fifth if he'd have made some different decisions and maybe wasn't in the Alpine. Yes, <laughs> made some different decisions about 15 years ago. <laughs> he'd have been retired now with, like, five world yes, championships. Exactly. Not like an old man desperate for relevance <laughs> trying to get into Burkheim. Oh, that's me, sorry. Alfa Romeo. Bottas has got more points this season than we ever thought possible, but he could have got more if it wasn't for being pushed off the track. Should Stroll have been given a penalty? I don't remember this. What happened? Stroll was weaving all oh, over yes, the place, yes, wasn't yes, he? Yes, yes, yes. I mean, that was some piss poor defending by Stroll. Like, even even of, of you know, 
a fairly unknowledgeable fan like me was watching that going, you can't do that. Pretty sure you can't do that. Mm. With just going, Rah. are you doing it again? Interesting. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, it's, and it looks, it just doesn't look good either. I mean, it? there is an argument that the race would be a lot more exciting if you could do that. Mm-hmm. But it's probably not safe. But, it just has all the kind of impact of going, oh, he's chasing me, I'm scared. <laughs> Rather than, I'm a racing driver and I'm going to defend myself. Yeah. It's like, oh, get off. It, basically, when they're weaving, it's like someone running away from a wasp. <laughs> it's like, ah. <laughs> Whereas Vettel just goes, right, if you just stand still, it'll leave you alone. <laughs> <laughs> I think Bottas did all right. I mean, Bottas has been doing all right for the first three races this season. Far better than I expected him to do in the... Uh, in the uh, Alfa Romeo, he's doing well. The car is doing well. Maybe he's just happier when he doesn't have the pressure of being in a top team. Although he, it, this was the first time qualifying was the first time he didn't get to Q three since twenty sixteen. Uh, but he did wow. well in the race. And in fairness, he did. While well, he might have lost some time behind Stroll, he picked up that place when Gasly went off towards the end. So, mm-hmm. and uh, Joe is there as well, and he's, I think, as we all expected fine but not as good as Bottas I mean I don't think he'd ever driven this track before had he well obviously no, he hasn't because well yeah but I don't think he's even done Australia for GP2 or Formula 2 so I think it's his first time here so you know nah he's he's, he's a jobbing he's, he's fine for a pay driver yeah <laughs> so I was thinking myself yawn thinking of Alfa Romeo <laughs> <laughs> Williams Album was great. He started in 20th, made a set of hard tyres last 56 laps and got points. And yes, all of this in a Williams. Latifi, and in the research for this, I read about his pets. Can you guess what they are? Oh. oh okay, no, he's no, no. This, I like this kind of thing. He's very rich. So I reckon he's going to have a giraffe. No. Uh, a, a, a cat. Four dogs. He likes mice. A, a centaur. Gerbil. No. Guinea pig. Yeah. Uh, no. Oh, lizards. A He's whale. into lizards no. and snakes and things. Butterflies. No. Flies. Worms. All right. No, no, no. Daddy no, long no, legs. No, no. Listen, listen. I'm going to give you a clue. This is getting boring. Um, it, it's nothing. It's not that exciting. Dog. Cat. Yes. Which? Dog. He's got, he's got a cat. Right. Yay. Dog. No, no, but fill. he's... How many dogs? He's got more than one dog. Two dogs. Okay. That's right. Yeah. Two dogs. <laughs> Beagles. I'm not liking this new Chica quiz. <laughs> it's not the most exciting one, I'll be honest with you, but I was uh I didn't have a lot to say about him. So he has two dogs called Simba and Kenzo. There we go. Simba and Kenzo. Ooh, bad names. Great, aren't they? Mm, no. Uh, but you could know, have at least named them after Canadian F one drivers. Jacques and uh Gilles. Gilles. And <laughs> some of the other ones that never won anything. Lance <laughs> Albon did the thing. Talking of doing a two-hour race on a Formula One game in the Australian Grand Prix, mm-hmm. and then what would normally happen with me when I tried to do that is I'd crash on the first lap and I'd change to hard tyres and be like, I'm going to do the whole race. And then I'd obviously crash again or not bother because I'm terrible. <laughs> but this was a real kind of computer game strategy. This can't work. This isn't allowed. Yeah. This would have his automatic pit guy on the radio going, you can't do this. You must pit now. You must pit now. And he'd just be going, yeah. no, 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 yeah. exit, exit, exit. Like at some point, I thought I thought they were going to do some kind of weird shit of like not pit at all. Well. And see if there was like, if it's like a 10 second penalty, but he still comes sixth. That's fucking amazing. Well, you do, it? you do wonder I mean, if he could, could he have like crossed the finish line in the pits? Because Williams are shit, so their <gasps> pit garage is right at the end. Way after the yeah, start finish track. But apparently, it? no, you can't do that. 
didn't Senna do that once with a qualifying lap or a race? Maybe maybe that's why you can't do it. Why you can't do it anymore? Yeah, fucking Senna ruins everything. (sighs) But well done. They've got a point. Yeah. And somehow it's more impressive than any George Russell drive for Williams. And he got a pretend podium once. And also to get a point when, you know, he qualified reasonably well, but then he got relegated right to the back because his car didn't have enough fuel in it. So, well, I heard a quote. I heard a quote from him that said their prediction, their simulations, that said the best he could finish was nineteenth. Oh, mate! <laughs> well, he's done well then. So fair fucking yeah. play. Credit well done, Alex. Juice. You get my applause. Just one applause. All of which takes us to the standings with Terry Saunders. So they're in Australia, so I figured, what would Australians call drivers if they were their mates? <laughs> in first place, Leclerc. In second place, Raza. It's George Russell. In third place, Sainzy, mate. It's Carlos Sainz. Uh, in fourth place, different to us, so we are wary. That's because Australians are quite racist. <laughs> um, Hamo is Lewis Hamilton. Satan, that's Max Verstappen, because obviously Ricardo is you sure, know, there's sure. a bit of stuff. Oko, oko, oko. Odd, odd, odd. <laughs> Lando, oh, Lando, oh, Lando, Cavo, uh, Finn is Bottas. Uh, 11th place, this place is potentially left blank because they don't like Ricardo much anymore. Gasly would be Gazprom. Suno, no, no. 15th is Ferno. Uh, then Zao, and in 16th place, Albo. I was running out of time, I really... But that's also how yeah, Australians think. O on the end of their surname, brilliant, done. Yeah, yeah. And talking of Elon Musk going to Burkheim and not getting in, apparently he was in Kit Kat the night before, which is like a fetish Kit club Kat. in Berlin. K- yes. It's a fetish club. It was based Kit- on the old is Kit Kat. Based on fingers? How does that work? Two no, or four fingers? No, you know, Kit Kat in the film Cabaret. You know, there's the, the Kit Kat club in the film Cabaret. It's the descendant okay. of that. Anyway, apparently he got in wearing a Zorro mask, oh. which is not the kind of outfit it's they should the be letting in. So I figured if all the teams. If all the teams went to a fetish club, what would they wear? <laughs> or who would they be? So Ferrari would just, they wouldn't go to a fetish club. they just pay for it because they get extra money. So they just hire a dominatrix. Uh, in second place, you will do as I say. <laughs> it's Mercedes. In third place, tries to get in with something from a fancy dress shop. The Elon Musk of teams, it's Red Bull. Um, in fourth place, it's two mates on a stag you can't come in. Fifth place, two old mate you can't come in, it's Alpine. In sixth place, the quiet ones are the kinkiest. It's Bottas in Alfa Romeo. <laughs> Uh, Haas, they like ball sucking, and um, that, that's that's just a magnificent right. joke. Uh, Alpha Tower would be too drunk and wouldn't get in. And in ninth place, they'd be peering through a crack in the fence for a one point <laughs> wank. It's Alex L. Waddle Williams. Oh, it's another t shirt. My God, there's so many. Uh, <laughs> peering through the crack in the fence for a one point wank. And now for the man of the match of driving. Alexander Albon. Alex Albon. Oh. Ah. Hmm. Oh. Ah. <laughs> and now it is time for the State of F1 with Terry Saunders. So that's it. Charlie Claire is world champion. Three races in. 
Mercedes is shit and a downcast Max Verstappen says they're so far behind after two races with a fuel line about as secure as Rishi Sunak's job prospects. And so with two wins in three races, the money is on Golden Boy at Ferrari to win the championship. Great. Three fucking races. What's the fucking point then? Every year, the F1 Canada grows by about three races until midweek Grand Prix are going to have to be a thing soon to keep up. And yet we're three in and suddenly it's all over. Why the fuck are there so many fucking races if it's all over after three? Why are you making us do this? So don't worry, I have a solution. One race championships. Each year, there is one race. The Abu Dhabi Grand Prix last year, the championship was level on points, which meant the whole rest of the championship was pointless. So why not each year, like the Olympics or the World Cup, several countries get to bid on the Grand Prix and the most corrupt win, and we can spend a couple of weeks building up to it, an afternoon watching it, and then it's done. We'll do like three podcasts. Well, then we can just go outside. I mean, that does sound easier, doesn't it? It'd save a lot of faff. A lot of air freight. Mm-hmm. Should we drop? Should we drop Liberty a line? I mean, I suppose if we go, if, if we reduce it more, I mean, if it's all about just one guy winning, yeah. why bother with the cars? They could do, they just toss a coin. <laughs> if at the start of the year there was just like a big ceremony, it'd be quite glitzy, you know, do it in yeah, Vegas or something. And they kind of go, yeah, right. Look, there's Leclerc. It's Leclerc, let's face it, it's Leclerc, um, Hamilton and Verstappen that are out for the championship this year. I mean, maybe let yeah. the team, let, let Ferrari design a new car and everything. They can look at it and go, yeah. oh, well, it's fine. the other drivers. And then, yeah, and then did you like scissor, paper, or stone for it or yeah. something? It'd be the most exciting fucking thing in Monaco. Yeah. Exactly. That is it from us. It's goodbye to Phil Tromans. Goodbye. We haven't had time to talk about Lewis Hamilton's jewellery. There is a rule, a long-standing rule in F1 that I'm sure we all knew about which is thou shalt not wear jewellery in the car because of safety or something and it's not been stringently enforced over the years but now Niels, uh, Nicholas Witchell the race director says he's going to enforce it and Hamilton wore jewellery anyway and he says I'm not. I'm still going to wear it so what are you going to do and so what are they going to do? We don't know Put a ring on it Yes <laughs> <laughs> And to Terry Saunders. We haven't had time to talk about some races are out of contract and a really boring one that thinks it's really important, thinks it's got a God-given right to do a dull race when actually, Monaco, you can fuck off. Maybe. We'll be back in two weeks to discuss this not San Marino Grand Prix in Imola. But in the meantime, check out our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash for F1's sake and follow us on Twitter at for F1's sake. And Terry, where can people buy merch? They can go to ff1s.com forward slash. That's the slash that goes forward. Shop, shop, shop. Thanks for listening. See you in a fortnight. I've been Chica Ayers. Goodbye. Goodbye. Sports Social Podcast Network.